John pitched great. Offense stunk. That's it. There's no more bull questions or anything. Frustration was escalating after the All-Star break as the team was stuck in neutral, unable to climb up in the standings. It wouldn't be long before another controversy with the manager. I don't know how to define toxic. It's too big a word for me. It was already kind of brewing, but I think a turning point for me that I really sticks out in my head that um, bothers me, and I think that's really kind of when he 100% lost all the players is when you had Lester on the mound. July 22, 2012. The Red Sox were a game over 500, but Valentine left the struggling John Lester in the game against the Toronto Blue Jays. The lefty allowed a career-high 11 runs in a 15-7 loss. Normally, a manager wouldn't allow one of his best players to be embarrassed like that. He left a guy that's, you know, your ace, um, who's done everything for this team, who's been a grinder, in essence, your heart and soul of your starting rotation, and you leave him out there to give up 14, 15 runs um, instead of protecting him. So I think that's when every player was like, you know what, this guy's definitely not there to protect us and watch after us, so we got to do our own thing. We're his players. We're, the, we're, we're athletes, but we're, we're men at the end of the day, and if you get disrespected, a lot of times that's reciprocated, right? The players took matters into their own hands after an incident less than a week later. Valentine was texting his coaches on a flight about which pitcher should be demoted to the minor leagues. The problem is it was a group text with all my coaches and also the two catchers on the team, Salta Lamakia and Kelly Shopik. And so immediately Salta Lamakia comes up from the back of the plane. He says, hey, Skip, I don't know if I was supposed to be on this text. And I looked and I said, oh, thanks, Salty. You weren't supposed to be on this text. The other catcher, Kelly Shopik, took a much different approach. As I looked down the aisle, Kelly Shopik was going around showing the pitchers the text. One of the responses was about Melanson. And one of the coaches said, that curveball doesn't work in this league. And I remember talking to not one of the catchers, but a different player on the team who said, that text message made its way around the entire clubhouse in about five seconds. Every player on the team knew it, and now so they know this is how he talks about us behind our backs to the other coaches. Pretty soon after that, maybe the bus ride after we got off the plane, there was a decision that I didn't know how to text. Bobby may not have known how to text, but his players did. Kelly Shopik used Adrian Gonzalez's phone to text owner John Henry. They wanted the message coming from the phone of the highest paid player on the team. They were fed up with Valentine and wanted a private meeting with ownership. I'll never forget that meeting. It was one of the most craziest things I've ever been a part of in my life. The meeting in July was obviously a very divisive thing. The players didn't want it to get out. It did get out. And it highlighted the principal concern with Bobby Valentine that the players had, which was he is causing the distractions. The whole team was there about, you know, how everyone wanted Bobby gone. The guys walked, got up and said their piece and said, hey, this guy's got to go. And we, we, we don't want him here. Um, it's not working. We can't, you know, we don't want to play for him. It all started in, in April with, in the media, calling out guys, which you throw guys under the bus. That's where that connection is, uh, starts getting a little fuzzy. I think he was over his head because he just didn't realize how much Major League Baseball had changed from a, from, a, from a managerial perspective. Usually it's the manager's job to clean up the mess the players are making. The players felt like they were cleaning up Bobby's messes constantly. 
Valentine's behavior had fans and media wondering if he would even survive the season. It's yep. not true. I'm not trying to get fired, folks. It's not true. It's not that? true. Did you get that? It's all made up by him. It's not true. Bobby's our manager, and we're not considering anyone else. You know, this is the team. I know he's, he's as committed to managing the team as he ever has been. Let's not leave ownership out of this. Even when they saw some of the signs, they, they, they interpreted that as, hey, he's an agent of disruption. You know, he's, he's changing it up. Uh, they, he's making guys uncomfortable. We like it. We like it. And, and I think they liked it in April. And I think they liked it in May. And I think they finally figured it out. They heard so many stories. And I think they saw some things that really woke them up. When Valentine learned of the players meeting with ownership, he called a meeting of his own. I did say some things to some of the leadership group that they probably weren't comfortable with. A couple of guys weren't happy with it, and I get it. You know, I, I get that Josh didn't like me to bring his name up in a meeting, and, and maybe I shouldn't have. But I was, I was at wit's end. You have to understand, I, I was getting uh, very little support. By this time, the, the coaches were fighting. The players could feel the season slipping away, and they felt like the manager was the cause of it. He was the cause of so much stress and distress and distrust, and so they wanted to address it. Obviously, it went nowhere. Management stuck by their man, and to this day, I really don't understand why they didn't pull the plug on Bobby, whether it was July or August. They wrote it out till the end.